Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new version of the Dispatched podcast. We're trying something new, which is a weekly roundup, and going to be uh, short, sweet. We're just going to touch on events of the week and maybe think forward to the week ahead, the two weeks ahead, maybe, because there's quite a bit happening. But I'm joined by Carol Whitman. Carol? Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So we're going to have a, a chat about some of the things that have happened this week. So where do you think we should start, Carol? I'm thinking the ongoing dispute over the implementation of the new PBS pricing framework. Right. Well, that'll be familiar to everyone pretty much because everyone's pretty upset about it. It is a it is a really, really interesting issue. We've written a lot about it, done a lot of commentary, had some previous podcasts about it. In terms of what's happened this week, I, I don't know that the industry groups have presented their claimed evidence to Mark Butler, but they do claim to have evidence that it's been implemented in a way that's inconsistent with what they agreed. I think the evidence would have to be pretty compelling to change anything. The wording of the agreements and the enabling legislation is pretty clear in my in my view that and it's been implemented according to that language and I think probably points to a wider issue about the industry's shortcomings when it comes to understanding the nature of what it agrees to. These are highly complex and nuanced issues. Variations and changes in language can appear nuanced but can mean the difference between a few few million dollars and a billion dollars in terms of savings. So I think I think maybe there is an opportunity for the industry to, to reconsider its approach. And I think maybe rather than thinking that Mark Butler is going to go, okay, right, oh, yep, we're wrong and you're right, I think probably the opportunity might be to get agreement on how it's going to be applied going forward, except that, and this is difficult, except that some mistakes have been made and secure his agreements so that the unintended consequences are minimised. A critique of the policy here is that the policy has been designed for failure, so it's been designed to have unintended consequences, and then get ministerial discretion, which is very rarely ever exercised by the minister to ameliorate the impact. I think that's incredibly undesirable in a, in a public health program. In terms of where it goes in the next couple of weeks, there are a couple of major things happening. Companies will get the first indication of their discretion requests, and there are hundreds and hundreds of them in two weeks. So companies are going to start building up to that in terms of anticipating the outcome. I expect there will be a minimal number of decisions to waive the price cuts or even vary them, and that would be consistent with what's happened in the past. And, and frankly, it's what, it's, what, it's what you would expect. The government's going to test the claims, I think, that companies will delist medicines, and this will be their starting point. So, so we'll really start looking forward to that in the next few weeks. With the agreements you were talking about with Mark Butler, how likely do you think that is? Uh, very unlikely. <laughs> I mean, we've got to imagine the scenario that Mark Butler is a member of the Cabinet's Expenditure Review Committee. So he plays a key role in putting the budget together. So we have to imagine a scenario. In, so the current fis- era of fiscal consolidation, so they're trying to stop discretionary spending at the moment or to minimise discretionary spending. So we have to imagine a scenario where he goes into the budget process with his colleagues and says, oh, look, as it turns out, this is not quite right. So we have to agree to give the global pharmaceutical industry back 500 to a billion dollars. There's just no mental universe in which 
that is going to happen. It's just not going to happen. I think far greater opportunity is for the industry to try and negotiate a way forward to make sure this sort of surprise element doesn't happen anymore. Are there things that we can agree to, Minister, the way this is going to apply and the way it's not going to apply? And I, and I think that's really the only the only prospect. And we, we can't avoid the conclusion that this is an incredibly embarrassing situation for the industry to be in. It has to essentially admit that it got it wrong. He's going to want them to take some responsibility just blaming the Department of Health, and I'm in a difficult position of having to defend the Department of Health at the moment, which I'm not used to, I think that's a very, very, very difficult position for the industry to be in. So I think rather than thinking back to how we can prevent this from proceeding, the more, the more likely outcome is you get agreement on how it's, going to, how it's going to operate going forward. Professor Jane Holton's review of Australia's COVID-19 vaccine and treatment procurement arrangements well, <laughs> well, we got the recommendations and we got the executive summary, but we didn't get the full report. So it's worth speculating, I think, on what, what was included in that full report because the Australian government's performance on vaccine procurement has not been great. And obviously there were issues in the early period of the pandemic. It would be interesting to know if Professor Holton, who's also chair of the GBMA, had any comment or made any reflections on that I see that she has recommended greater use of the Novavax vaccine because Australia's got 50 million doses on order and they've only used 200,000. And she's recommended greater uh, commitment to getting deals for the mRNA vaccine. So she is thinking forward. I think there is a, a sense here of we're not out of the pandemic yet. We're going to need an annual program more likely. And we've got the Northern Hemisphere winter coming. So she might be thinking, how are we going to manage this going forward? And, and we need to be prepared for what might be a pretty difficult winter in the Northern Hemisphere and what the implications of that will be for for Australia. Uh, the government has tabled legislation to establish the Anti-Corruption Commission. You made some comments about this this morning. I think, that, yeah, I think this is really, really major for officials particularly. The, the explanatory <coughs> memorandum of the enabling legislation is 360 pages long. It is extraordinarily detailed, highly complex, sets out exactly what they mean by corruption and the corrupt conduct of officials and the role of third parties in that. Any organisation that has an institutionalised relationship with officials and obviously healthcare companies, whether they're pharmaceutical, biotech, medical devices, private hospitals, private insurers, consumer patient groups, they have an institutionalised relationship with officials, so this is going to be a consideration. I suspect it will undoubtedly change the conduct of officials and therefore, because they'll become a lot more conscious of, of this as a review mechanism for complaints. This is undoubtedly going to impact the relationship because I think if you have day-to-day contact with officials, it's going to, they're going to be mindful of, of, of these requirements. And if you look at the defi- definition of corrupt conduct, it's pretty clear. It's things like abuse of power, misuse of information, advantaging one group or party over over another, dishonesty. It's interesting that the 360-page explanatory memorandum when it comes to the definition of honesty says it doesn't need to be elaborated on or defined because the, the meaning is self-evident. So <laughs> so I think, I think that's, that's really, yeah, I think it's really, really interesting. And I think third parties as well are going to be 
have to be mindful of this now. It does actually say that lobbying is fine, advocating is fine. It's only a problem if it seeks to encourage officials to act in an improper way. So I think I think this is going to be an issue going forward and something certainly that is going to be worth thinking about. Undoubtedly, there'll be a Senate inquiry into the legislation. It's not meant to start until the middle of next year, so I think it's quite a long process to go. It's, If anything, I suspect its reach in terms of to third parties is going to be extended through the Senate process. So it may well end up even being more complex and... Uh, powerful than it than it currently appears, but I do think everyone needs to start thinking about it because if you have a day to day relationship with officials, it's going to be, it's going to be a consideration. What are we thinking about for next week? So next week, as I said earlier, I think the price cuts. People anticipating the price cuts is going to be a big a big consideration for people. This is this is a really really huge thing. I suspect most of the decisions around company requests to for discretion to waive or vary the price cuts, most of the decisions will have been made already. It's just a case of waiting for them. And then then we'll see. I think when we're doing this in a couple of weeks, companies will have been will have received the information and we'll be starting to get a sense of where where it sits. Importantly, the indicative the indicative outcomes will have a statement of reasons with them. And those things are really important because official has to explain why they've decided to make a decision or why they've decided not to make a decision and that that's something worth worth considering but uh, I think that's that's that is going to be a big thing over the next uh, the next couple of weeks just the fallout the preparation the preparation for the fallout and obviously we've got our post budget summit because the budget is at the end of October the federal government's first budget and we've got a summit on the 31st of October in Sydney where we are going to be focused very much on on those sorts of issues so I think that's the week, Carol. Sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for this. Uh, this is our first weekly roundup. We're going to make them regular now. So we'll be, obviously, if you're listening to this, it's probably Friday afternoon or on the weekend. We welcome your feedback, anything you've got to say, anything you'd like us to talk about. We'd love to hear from you. So thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Carol. And thank you, thank you, Maggie, for the background noise. Thanks, Paul. <laughs>